the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Kettering Baptist Church. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, stay tuned for the conclusion of last week's message. We're going to continue on this morning preaching through our series of messages entitled Passing a New Way. From the subject matter, Passing Sin a New Way. Here is something that grieves my heart. We have come to a place in our history where sin seems to be the norm in church and out of church. We have to reprogram our thinking to understand that there are consequences to sin. And if we keep on sinning, there's two things that are possible. One, you never were saved in the first place because if you show enough was saved, then there's something wrong with a person who was truly saved. If they can keep on sinning and keep grieving God with their sin, perhaps you never were saved in the first place. So maybe you might need to check yourself if sin comes that easy for you. And if you are saved and sin it has become a routine for you, you need to check yourself and go back to the altar and go back before God and repent of your sin and ask God to change your heart and change your mind and change your walk. Maybe you ought to stop by Bible study instead of stopping by the liquor store or the lottery line. Maybe we ought to get it right before God idolaters and fornicators and adulterers and homosexuals and sodomites and thieves and covetous and drunkards and revilers. You know, the reviler, that's the person who always want to raise hell all the time. No extortioners. None of them, the Bible said, will inherit the kingdom of God. There is a standard that God has. God doesn't just blow it away and say, do what you want to do. There is an expectation of God that we have a right kind of thinking and that understanding in this right kind of thinking that my sin actions have consequences. You got to understand that when you do that, which is not according to God, and I've lended myself as a vessel to be used that way, there's consequences that I'm going to receive as a result of acting that way. Listen to verse number 17. But God be thanked that though you were slaves of sin. Does your Bible have the word were? Because he's talking to believers. You were slaves to sin. That's past tense. And there needs to be correction to our thinking because some of us are living like we still are slaves to sin. But the reality of the text is that you were, past tense, not currently, but you were slaves to sin, and now you've been delivered from sin. Now, if I've been delivered from something that is horrible, why go back to it? If sin is like 
bad food on your stomach. And Jesus has come along and delivered you from the bellyache of sin. And the means by which deliverance came was that you vomited up all that that was wicked inside of you and spew it out on the floor so that now the vessel, which is you, is clean from sin. Why would a man go back to the vomit? One is gross. Two, it points the picture of someone who is desperate for something as if there's no other means by which God can provide. God has given you something that will fill your soul and your spirit. You do not need to go back to sin and do sin to satisfy your flesh. So there needs to be correction of our thinking. Verse 18 comes back and it says, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. I speak concerning in human terms because of the weakness of your flesh. For just as you presented your members as slaves of uncleanness and of lawlessness, leading to even more lawlessness, so now present your members as slaves of righteousness for holiness. Secondly, if we're going to pass sin a new way, and there needs to be a correction to your thinking, but secondly, there's a cry that goes out for a new presentation. Now, don't let this cry, don't let this call that goes out only come out from Pastor Sterling. This cry, this call ought to come out from every believer who believes in living righteously. We all need to begin to cry out for a new presentation. I believe what has happened in our culture and in our society is that we kind of migrated and became callous and became disinterested in righteous living. And so we have allowed the world to set the tone and the pace for us. And so we've kind of blended in with whatever the world said was okay. And then we begin to accept that in the house of the Lord. But there needs to be a call, there needs to be a cry for a new presentation. It says here in verse number 18, it says, now, now that you've been set free from sin, you are slaves of righteousness now, not slaves of sin. So just like you presented your bodies as slaves of uncleanness, and you do remember when you did that. You remember when you committed your body, you committed your vessel as an instrument for unrighteousness. You were always at the showdown on time. Whatever it was, you was there. When it was happening, it was popping, you was there. If the cabaret was on, you was there. If the club scene was on, you was there. If the house party was on, you was there. If somebody was going to throw down, you was there because you was Mr. Bat. You was always there. And so in the same way that you gave your body as an instrument for all the unrighteousness, if there was a cuss word to be said, you was there. If there was a lie to be told, you was there. If there was an unrighteousness act to be done, you was in it. Count you in. That's the way it was. Anybody out there that just want to be honest today? Yep, you did sin and you did it good. You was a hardcore sinner. You did not have step when you were sinning. You gave it your all. Now, give your all to righteous living. There needs to be a call. There needs to be a cry. There needs to be a plea from the believers to other believers to submit your bodies and to present your bodies as instruments of righteousness leading to holiness. There needs to be a time when we can provoke one another to righteous living. 
How do we do that, Pastor? How do we do that? Look at verse number 11 and through 13. It gives us three things that we can do for a new presentation. How do we present our bodies a new way? How do we do this new presentation? Verse number 11 says, Likewise, you also, first of all, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ. First and foremost, let's reckon ourselves to be dead to sin. Now, two ways of looking at this word reckon. One way of looking at the word reckon is to consider. Consider yourself to be dead to sin. That's one way. The other way of looking at the word reckon is to look at it as an abbreviation of recognize. Recognize that you are dead to sin. Now, if I'm dead to sin, then when sin comes and knocks on my door, I cannot answer it. Because dead people do not answer doors. So when they call you and say, hey, you down? Nope, I'm dead. I'm dead to the club scene. I'm dead to adultery. I'm dead to fornication. Come on now, you're going to be a square? Square, square. But I'm, I'm, I'm living a life for the righteousness of God. Come on, you could, you could just, you just tell your boss you're sick today. No, I need to tell the truth. I'm, I'm, I'm too committed to presenting my vessel for holiness to tell a lie. Y'all still here with me? I know I haven't hit your thing yet because yours is so secret. It's so secret that, that, that even the pastor don't even know. Um, but we need to recognize ourselves as dead to it, consider ourselves as dead to it, whatever the sin is, when it pops up on the screen and ain't nobody around and you want to peep anyhow, recognize yourself as dead to it. I'm dead, nope, dead, dead. I'm dead to that. I'm dead to pornography. I'm dead to miscellaneous behavior. I'm dead to that kind of thing. Recognize or reckon yourself to be dead to the sin and alive to God. Y'all still with me? Second, secondly here, he says, verse number 12, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal bodies that you should obey it and or obey it in its lust. Don't let sin have the reins of your life. Don't let sin reign in the body. Don't let sin tell your body what to do. You need to get in contact with God and let God be giving out the instructions and not sin. Let me talk to you for just a moment. Do you realize when you have a conflict of interest, when there are two parties that are are speaking to you, you're ultimately going to respond in the positive to the to the company that means the most to you. If God means the most to you, when God says go right and sin says go left because I don't have a vested interest in sin, I'm going right because I love God too much to go left. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And so we've got to realize that God is the one who gives the instructions and if God says go this way, I'm going this way. If God says let it go, I'm going to let it go. If God says don't touch it, I'm not going to touch it. I'm too afraid of God. We've got to get back to the place where there's a, a, a healthy fear of God, where we're afraid that God might just strike us down in the moment of our sin. 
We've got to have a healthy fear of him. We've got to, we've got to obey him. We've got to let, not let sin have the reins and the authority and drive our life because sin will drive you farther than you planned on going and he'll keep you there longer than you planned on staying and he'll cause you trouble that you can't get out of tomorrow. I only plan on being here for a couple minutes, girl. Next thing you waking up the next morning, oh my God, I done stayed the whole night. Week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, five weeks pass. You what? You pregnant. Now 18 years paying child support. Dealing with baby mama drama. You only plan on spending a couple of minutes. And 18, 19, 20 years later, you still dealing with that crazy person. I'm trying to talk to somebody. I'm only going to take a, just a hit. Just, just one hit. So I'm going to be cool. Blow it out your nose. Let it come out your nose. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now you're 60 years old, still riding through the hood trying to get a hookup. You didn't plan on staying that long. You didn't plan on it messing you up that much. Y'all hearing what I'm saying? Don't let sin reign in your body. Verse number 13, and do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present your members to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. How am I going to use the members that God has given me, this body? What will I use it for? And here's, here's a, real, a real evaluation that you can do. How are you lending your body to be used by God? How are you? Or are you at all? Who gets the better use of your body? Is it the television while you're sitting in front of it? Is it the internet while you're going through that? Is it, I mean, is it, well, I mean, what, who, who's getting the better use of your body? Uh, and, and is God getting any use of it at all other than the hour and a half, two hours that you spend in church on Sunday morning? Is God getting, any, are you, are you out in the street witnessing to anybody? Are you, are you singing in the choir? Are you, are you ushering at a door? Are you counting money? Are you, are you serving anywhere to do anything? Are you impacting anybody else's life besides your own? Are you only thinking about yourself and how you're going to gratify yourself? And are you only doing what the enemy tells you to do? Or have you used your members for the glory of God? And what if, what if, what if, what if God start cutting off your members that you refuse to use for him? So you're only using your feet to go places that he never told you to go. Now you can't use your feet. You're only using your hands and your arms to do what he told you not to do and not to touch. What if he start cutting off arms? There are a whole lot of uh, paraplegics up in here. Uh, if, if God start take, uh, taking off stuff because you didn't use it for his glory and for his honor, I want to encourage you to use your members of your body. Use your 
all. Use your voice. Use your hands. Use your feet. Use your life for the glory of God. Use it so that God can get glory out of it because he paid too much for it to let you take it back and let the devil use it for evil. There needs to be a cry. There needs to be a call uh, for a new presentation. We need to begin to present these bodies to God for his usage. And stop making excuses why I can't do something for the Lord. I mean, you know, come on. Here's the reality. Nobody is qualified, first of all. Second of all, here's my, the next excuse we always have. I don't have enough time. You got all the time that God gives you every day. And you waste a whole lot of that. So the reality is we do have time to be used by God. And we do have the resources because God's given us gifts. And he's called us to be used. So, so let's be, there needs to be a call, there needs to be a cry amongst Christians to other Christians that, you know what, we need to, to present our bodies for the holy purposes of God and not for the sinful purposes of Satan because we've been delivered from that. Are y'all still here with me? Last thing about your way. There's a, a, a need for a correction of our thinking. There's a need for a cry or a call, if you will, for a new presentation. And finally, uh, a conclusion uh, on uh, the fruit of production. What is, what, is your, what is your fruit producing? What kind of fruit are you producing, if you will? Verse number 20 says this. It says, for when you were slaves of sin, you were free in regards to the righteousness. What fruit did you have then in the things which you are now ashamed? There's some fruit of some things we did in our past that we are ashamed of today. Uh, a lot of us won't even tell our children what we used to do because we are ashamed of the fruit of our past. We, we wouldn't even tell our children, and now we we beating them up, telling them that, that they're so bad and they're so wrong and they're so horrible and they're so hard-headed, but we were doing the same things when we were their age, and we won't even tell them because we've got some fruit that we are ashamed of today. And he says that fruit that you were ashamed of only led to death. But now, having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end to everlasting life. Here's the choice. You can either let your members be used to produce fruit for unrighteousness and unrighteousness unto death, or you can use your, your, your members, your body, to be used, watch this, for holy purposes and fruit that produces holiness unto everlasting life. This is why the Bible says only what you do for Christ will last. Everything else is going to burn up. First uh, uh, Corinthians chapter three. All of that's just going to burn up, even it's tried by the fire. So we we've got to be committed, if I can say this, to to work towards producing fruit that is going to bring everlasting life. And that fruit is not just fruit in our lives because it's not something we do. But watch this: what we can do is I exercise my members for God's purpose. Maybe there are many others who will come to know Him and experience everlasting life. But if I keep my mouth shut and act like I'm the only one in the world that God cares about, and I use my members 
members for my own benefit and I use my members for the evil purposes of the enemy, not only will many go to hell that I had an opportunity to lead to Christ, but also I'm going to have fruit myself that does not lead to everlasting life. I'm going to have fruit that leads only to death. Are y'all still here with me? Listen to this. He says, uh, verse number 22, I think it is. But now having been set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit to holiness and the end to everlasting life. For the wages, listen to this, the wages of sin, that is the payment for sin, because, because sin has a payment. Y'all do know that, right? There, there's some fruit uh, that, that the, the text talks about. The fruit of sin, which is the payment of sin, is death. The wages of sin, the fruit, the payment of sin is death. That is not just dying a human death. That is eternal separation from God. That is being cast into the lake of fire, never to, to have fellowship with God or any other person ever again, into utter darkness where there is fire, where the body is burning but never consumed, where the skin worms eat the flesh but they're never done eating, where there is torment and weeping and gnashing of teeth, death, complete, utter separation from God. That's what we're talking about here. That's the payment. That's the earned payment for sin. So in other words, when you get to hell and they take you out of hell and cast you into the lake of fire, you earned it. And you earned it through sin. Y'all still here with me? Because wages is what you earn. Y'all still here? But watch this. Then God flips it around. He says, but the gift, gifts you can't earn. In other words, you can't earn this next part, but it's a gift from God. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. <laughs> Somebody should shout right about there. Because there's a gift that he has provided for us that is everlasting life, and it comes in Christ Jesus our Lord. It doesn't come in any other way. You can't earn it. You can't buy it. You can't work for it. You can't look good enough, be pretty enough, be smart enough, be in church long enough. No, it is a gift that is given from God. It is a free gift that's given from God. It is a gift that cost him his life that's given of God. That gift of eternal life is what God wants to provide and does provide. And once he has provided, he wants us to live a righteous life unto him. But we've got to have a new way of thinking, guys. We've got to correct our thinking. We've got to have a call for a new presentation. Present your bodies holy to God. There's nothing wrong with being a righteous man or a righteous woman. Others who will make fun of you and mock you are only envying what they could never do themselves. And the way to help them understand it is I'm not doing it myself. I'm doing it through the strength of God that dwells in me. And, and, and as we do that, we, we come to the conclusion of realizing what? That the fruit of my labor, the fruit of my presentation, the fruit of how I live is either life or death. It's either eternal life or eternal death. And so as we live it out in front of people, they get to see the word of God being lived out in front of them. And a whole lot of it, watch this, you don't even have to, you don't have to go through a whole lot of explanation because people can then see it. They can see a, a sermon in you. They can see the life of God in you. They can see that there's a difference in you. And guess what? Sometimes it'll even open up, open up the doors where people will want to know, what is it about your life that allows you to live that way? 
And then you have a perfect opportunity to use your members to give glory to God by sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ. And then they come to everlasting life. I want to challenge us. I really seriously want to challenge us to step away from the routine of the world, the society, the culture, and even the modern-day church that is looking the other way on sin and letting sin reign. And I want us to move to pass by sin a whole new way. Praise the Lord. You've been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions in support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in kingdom building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-574-3515. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence. Richard Karn here with Christine Polera, and you know what? Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.